Thank you for today, God, just for a chance for us to come together as a, as a church family, God, and just sing songs to you and about you and your goodness and your love. God, we thank you for, for loving us, God, through all our failures and shortcomings and calling us to greater things for your kingdom. Pray that you would speak to us today through your word. Let us leave here changed in your name. Amen. Today, I'm going to be talking on a topic that I'm extremely passionate about. It is not chocolate. 
it is kids. Okay, so we're going to be talking about kids in the Bible. Um, Dusty and I, as you know, we don't have kids. We have two dogs and a cat. But we do love your kids um, more than you know, more than they know. I don't want to talk about it because I'll cry. Anyway, I almost cried. That's weird. Okay. Um, so we do consider in an honor to be entrusted with your kids, that you let them hang out with us, um, that you trust us to teach them. We love them. I'm moving on because I will cry. Okay. So speaking of kids, I do have some volunteers and the first ones are going to be Mylan and Gage. You guys want to come up with me? Yeah. Look at them. They're so awesome. Um, so they are going to tell us a story. You can hold the mic for Exodus 1, 22 through 2, 10. Then Pharaoh, Thanos, Pharaoh gave an order to all his people. He said, you must throw every baby boy into the Nile River, but let every girl live. A man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. She became pregnant and had a son by him. She saw that her baby was a fine child, so she hid him for three months. After that, she couldn't hide him any longer, so she got a basket that was made out of stems of tall grass. She coated it with tar, and she placed the child in it. She put the basket in the tall grass that grew along the bank of the Nile River. The child's sister wasn't very far away. She wanted to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter went down the Nile River to take a bath. Her attendants were walking along the bank of the river. She saw the basket in the tall grass, so she sent her female slave to get it. When she, op- when she opened it, she saw the, the baby. He, ugh, the, he was crying, so she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew, Hebrews' babies, she said. Then his sister spoke to Pharaoh's daughter. She asked, do you want me to go and get one of the Hebrews' women. She could nourish the baby for you. Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby, nourish him for me, I'll pay you. So so, So the woman took the baby and nourished him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and said and he became her son. She named him Moses. She said I pulled him out of the water. Thank you. Good job guys. Could you guys hear yourself? It's weird, right? So they just read us the story of Moses. Um, That's the beginning of his life. Um, He was an innocent infant that he should have been put to death due to Pharaoh's orders. Um, but his mom knew better. But what I want to talk about is how one act of kindness and help and helpness, helpfulness, yeah, there we go, uh, changed Moses' life, which changed history. Um, Moses went on to do many great things as an adult. He, uh, one of the things that most people are familiar with is he read, he led the Israelite people out of slavery in Egypt. Um, but even that he didn't do alone. He feared that he wasn't good with his words. He feared that he wasn't a good enough speaker, so God sent Aaron, his brother, to go along with him. Um, there's a lot to Moses' story, and we'll be here all day if I tell you all of it. So go read it, because it's awesome. Um, it's a story of hope, justice, and resilience. 
And the last thing I'll mention about Moses is something that we're mostly familiar with. I know the kids are. Um, Moses, I mean, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, which he then took to the people. And it's the same Ten Commandments that in 2020 we still use. Um, most of your kids know the Ten Commandments because I taught them. <laughs> um, well, not by myself. Well, if you helped too. Um, so that's what I'm going to talk about with Moses. Um, so basically I just wanted you to realize that he was a child. He should have been put to death. But one person being kind and they helped him. And he lived. So, Isabella? I don't know where she is. There she is. Yeah. Look how cute she is, guys. Samuel 17, verse 32, verse through 50. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may you or may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such a thing before. I can't go in these, he, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with the shepherd's bag, staff, and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine Goliath. Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield barrier ahead of him, sneering in contempt at his ruddy-faced boy. I am a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick. And he cursed David by the names of the gods. Come over here and I'll give you flesh. I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, cut off your head, and then give the dead bodies to your men and the birds and wild animals. The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues people, but not with sword and spear, this is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran to, out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over, Philistine, over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. 
In this story, everyone thinks David is just a boy who watches sheep. But then he gets to the battlefield and everyone thinks he's just a boy who can't be a giant monster like Goliath. But after he sees that God is on his side, after they see that God is on his side and will protect him, the soldiers finally agree to let him go with only a sling and some stones. He defeats the big giant and all the people realize that the God David was speaking about is real and powerful. So Isabel is awesome. I just wanted her to read it, but then she like condensed it and told you again. So she's awesome. Thank you, Isabel. That's what I was going to do. So we'll skip over some notes. Um, yeah, I really don't know where I'm at now. So, um, so she just told us a famous story. Maybe not everybody knows David and Goliath, but most do if you've been in church or if you went to show in church. Um, so like she said, he wasn't a full-grown adult who was trained for battle. He was the youngest of Jesse's sons. He was just a shepherd boy. He was just out hanging out with animals, uh, not killing people. And by the way, if you like crime, which I know like Brittany Sylvie does, and uh, Kelsey and I do, the Bible is very graphic. There's a lot. Do you guys hear what she was reading? Anyway, so. Um, so, as we've heard in the story, David wouldn't have had the opportunity to even show himself, to prove himself, if Saul wouldn't have gave it to him. And he, Saul even tried to help him by letting him use his arm, his armor, which David couldn't use because he wasn't used to it. But um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about David and Saul's relationship. Saul is the king, and Saul was so impressed that he wanted to keep David with him. Um, he, Everything that David did, he did it... Um, with excellence. Saul even made David commander over the armies. Um, you know those people who just anything and everything they do, they just do it super well. Like when I think of that, I think of um, like Mylan. <clears throat> everything Mylan does, she does awesome. Everything like Dusty, he's kind of awesome, most of everything. Um, so that's kind of how David was. Um, so everything that he did, he did it really well. But just because he did everything well didn't mean that his life was just perfect and awesome. It wasn't. Um, he did, but since he did everything so well, the women of the town of Israel, they sang a song and they said, I'm not going to sing it because I can't. Um, Saul has, has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. So it doesn't sound like life's too bad if you have women singing songs about you, right? But it was bad for him because Saul became very angry and jealous he became so bitter inside towards David that he wanted to kill him. Um, he attempted to kill him. David got away. So like I did with Moses, I'm not going to tell you the whole story. It's a lot. Go through First Samuel and read it. It's like back and forth, back and forth. Um, so basically how it played out is Saul was continuously trying to kill David. Um, but luckily for David, he had people in his corner who protected him, warned him, and helped him. Um, some of those people were Jonathan. As um, younger people, Jonathan and David made a pact that they would be friends, that they would be there to help each other. And Jonathan helped his end of that bargain. Um, even though Jonathan was Saul's son, he would still try to talk his dad out of killing David. He would warn David that his father was coming for him. Um, another person that helped him was a woman named Michael, which was David's wife. But she was also Saul's daughter. So there's some like weird... like father-in-law issues but um one evening she told him if you're still here in the morning my dad's gonna send armies to kill you so david escaped 
Um, David had some help with some priests. They protected him, protected his family. Saul found out, killed all the priests. Um, so basically, as you can tell, like if you read through First Samuel, it's just like back and forth. Like Saul's trying to kill David, and then he says he's not going to, calls him his son, and then he tries to kill him. And then once, um, one time he's trying to find David, and he's like in this cave, and David has a chance to kill Saul, but he doesn't because David's a good guy. But then Saul tries to kill him again. And then this just keeps happening. Saul wants to kill David. David has opportunity to kill Saul, but he doesn't because he's a good guy. And then Saul tries to kill him again. I mean, for real, just go read it. It's just like back and forth. Um, so time passes, and David eventually, he just realizes, like, this is not going to end. Saul is continuously going to try to kill me, so I'm just going to go away. So he just goes away for a while. Saul realizes he's went away, so things kind of die down. And time passes. Like I said, I'm skipping a lot, so go read through first Samuel. Um, Saul eventually dies, and David becomes the king. Um, he was chosen to be king by God because of his heart. You guys have probably heard that David was a guy after God's heart. Yeah. Um, so you're probably wondering why I've told you about, like, I feel like I didn't realize until the kids were reading it's been very graphic and there's a lot of, like, murder. I guess, I mean, I like it. I don't like murder. <laughs> don't murder me. I like this kind of story. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm not going to murder you. Okay. All right. All right, Dusty, I'm not. <laughs> so anyway, I've told you all this because I believe 100%, and I, I don't know, I'm going to try to really not have to cry, but I really do like your kids, um, that the kids of the bridge, they all have a calling, and they can and will be chase agents in our world. But to do that, just like these kids in the Bible, one, like Moses, they have to be here. And two, they need our help. So how can we help them? Number one, we teach and we lead them. So like Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Okay? Children's church is not enough. Youth group is not enough. It starts at home, and even that's not enough. It, grandparents' home, aunts and uncles. Dusty and I, we don't have kids, but we do have 15 nieces and nephews. No joke, there's 15. Christmas is crazy. We put in a layaway. Okay? Um, but when we have them, it's our responsibility to still be teaching them and guiding them the ways of God. Um, so if your aunts and uncles and grandparents or friends of the family, it's still your job. It's not just the parents. It's not just Dusty and mine. It's not just Ben and Leslie. It takes all of us. Um, the second way we can do this is we give them our time. It's not enough that we do and say those right things when they're around us. They need us to spend time with them because they're going to fill their time anyway. So wouldn't you rather it be with you guys, with their youth group, with their children church friends, not with, I mean, not with the computer and the electronics and things that you don't know what's happening. Because trust me, it's not good. <laughs> um, they're going to fill their time, so you might as well make sure that's being filled with the right things. Um, you can mentor a child. Um, Dusty's actually working on a... I don't know what you call it, a program, maybe? Kind of, where there's going to be some adults in the church who are going to start mentoring some of the teenagers. They're actually pretty excited about it, for the most part. It's not going to be weird. One adult will have two kids, because we always have a three-person rule. So don't worry about that. It's not going to be one kid, like, message you, like, my life is awful. It'll be two of them messaging you, telling you their life is awful. Um, 
So if that's something that you think maybe you might be interested in, get with us. We have some people that we're thinking about. Um, but those are ways that we are going to help these kids. Um, and number three, we have to support and love them. Um, so like how David, Saul was just continuously coming after him, trying to kill him. Hopefully there's not like a person trying to come after your kids and kill them. It's not me. Um, but the world is trying to come after your kids, okay? I know that's like dark. Um, but they can't fulfill their callings and their futures if they're not with us. Um, so just like Moses, he couldn't have led people out of slavery if he wasn't here. If they wouldn't have saved him, he would have died. So just like your kids, they can't fulfill their callings if they're not with us as adults, okay? And I just want, I know I'm getting like weird and serious, but like just because bridge kids are awesome doesn't mean that they're exempt from the things that's going on. They're not exempt from depression. They're not exempt from anxiety. They're not exempt from self-harm. They're not exempt from suicidal tendencies. Um, and like just this summer, like our own kids guys have been in hospitals due to these things. They've been in special homes due to these things. Um, our very own bridge kids are struggling with these things. And it's our job, not just my Dusty's, not just their parents, it's all of our job to make sure that they're here. Um, so how do we do that? We pray for them, we love them, we spend time with them, we teach them. Um, so, it's our job to love and care for them, like I said. It's our job to fight for them when they feel like they can't fight for themselves. It's our job to teach them when they don't want to learn. And it's our job to spend time with them when they roll their eyes and say, Mom, you're so lame. It's our job, okay? So, kiddos, come up here with me. I need all the kiddos. Lundy. Rowan. Rowan. Roger. Come up here with me. Hello, come up here. Hello. Come here. You come up here. Just for a minute. She don't want to come. Okay. So, just like how we do in Children's Church, you guys, I want you to say your name and what you want to be when you grow up, okay? We're just going to tell all of our friends. I'm Ledger and I want to be a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mylan and I want to be a marine biologist. Hello. I'm Gage and I want to be in the professional golf league. Hello. I'm Grace and I want to be a police officer. I want to be a farmer. I'm loving and I want to be a woman. <laughs> Her name's London. London wants to be a vet. I want to be an artist. She wants to be a doctor and examine tongues, apparently. I mean, I want to be an NBA player. 
Just I like to they know because I don't know what I want to be, and I'm almost three. Grace. Huh? Uh, Bella. <laughs> I'm Isabella, and I want to be a psychiatrist. I knew that. Did I get everybody? Everybody wants to come up? Yeah. So, guys, this is what our kids want to be. Sit, Letty. Letty didn't come up. Letty, you want to come up here and tell us? <laughs> what do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? She doesn't want to talk. That's okay. Me either. Um, so anyway, guys, these are the things that they want to be, and this is the things that they want to do. And I have no doubt that they can do it, and they're going to do even more amazing things for God, but we have to make sure that they are here. They have to be here. And the only way they're going to be here is if we help them. Okay? I can't. <laughs> so... Um, in the beginning of the Daniel story, or Daniel, David, I didn't tell you, um, but Samuel went to him, to Jesse, and said, one of your sons is going to be king. And um, he went through him. Thank you. I love Lise. She knows my heart. Um, and he anointed um, David and told him, you're going to be king, even though he was the youngest of all the sons. Thank you. I love it. Um, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to do it COVID safe, so only I will do it, and I'll sanitize. But I want us to pray over our kids, because we have some Moseses here. They're going to lead people out of slavery, out of sin. They're going to lead people to Jesus. Thank you. That came from the animal. Um, we have some Daniels. We have kids who are going to stand up for what's right, even when they know the outcome's not going to be pleasant. Thank you. And we have some Davids who are going to do everything right. I love it. They're going to do everything right, but the world's still going to come at them, okay? So let's pray for our kids. Dusty, come here. I, I probably do need that. Sanitize your hands. So Dusty's going to sanitize his hands because COVID. And then he's going to just put a little of anoint oil on your kids and then we're going to pray for them from afar okay thanks guys So if everybody would just reach your hand towards these awesome kids, and we're going to take a minute and pray for them. Okay. Ready? Dear Father, I thank you so much for Bridge Kids. They are my absolute favorite kids. I love them, and I try to cherish them. God, I ask you to lead them and to guide them into everything they just said they want to do. God, I want to see Ledger be a wrestler. I want to see golf people. I want to see golf or doctors. And God, the only way to do that is if you allow us and help us to lead and guide them and love them. God, it's not enough that we say that we love them, care for them. Help us to show them and to be there for them no matter what. God, I thank you for the Moseses you're going to raise up and the Daniels and the Davids and the Mylans and the Isabellas and the Ledgers. God, I thank you so much for all of them. I love you and I thank you for everything you're doing in their lives and I can't wait to see it. You know who pray. Amen. That's all I got. Great job from all the kids.
wonderful service. We're so glad you came out. Hopefully enjoyed your time here. And uh, make sure and be a part of it. Don't just listen to these as words, but put them into action. So if you got kids around you or kids in your family, do what Albie's asking you to do and Dusty's doing and uh, praying for them and encouraging them with what they need in their life during this time. So love God, love people. Be a blessing to somebody this week. We'll see you next week. You're dismissed. <laughs>